Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 13, verse 11 through 14, the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 24, verse 36 through 44, and Psalm 122. May the words of our lips and the meditations of all our hearts always be acceptable to you, O Lord. Amen. You know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. This seems like a timely message for a Sunday morning following a Thanksgiving weekend holiday. This past week at the 6 o'clock Wednesday night service, we read the readings for Thanksgiving's Day, and one person commented upon how Thanksgiving was absolutely their favorite holiday because it was all about food. It was very simple. It was all about food. No worrying about gifts, no worrying about other things, just food and being together. Some of us may have relished delicious meals over this weekend time with family and friends, meeting new people, interesting conversations. Some of us may have experienced a quieter Thanksgiving this year, just a few people at home or in a favorite restaurant. Some worked hard on Thanksgiving. Some spent days in advance in the kitchen at home, and some in our restaurant industry had a very, very busy day. And some of us perhaps was ready to just get Thanksgiving done. Um, some of us are not as fond of the holidays because they, they bring up feelings of loneliness, feelings of loss. Regardless of how we might have spent our Thanksgiving, sleep might have been a part of that. Whether it was falling asleep after a Thanksgiving meal in front of some big football game, whether it was dozing off, reading a book quietly, choosing a nap, just the gift of a nap, crashing after a lot of work. Sleep may have been another delicious part of Thanksgiving. And sleep is a beautiful thing. It's a critical thing for our health, our wellness. Many of us particularly in, in the group here today, may be feeling a little sleep deprived. Those with little babies may be longing for a bit more sleep. Those with busy lists going on in their head may be feeling a need for more sleep. Sleep is really healthy, and that kind of sleep is not what Paul is talking about. Paul's letter to the Romans urges everyone to wake from sleep. You know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. Paul was writing his letter in about the year 57 at a time of considerable internal and external conflict for the Christian community. When we think about conflict in the Christian community, we know that that was not the first time that was experienced, that that has been a long-standing experience of the Christian community. And Paul was also writing with a sense of urgency. 
that sense that the second coming of Christ could be imminent. The second coming of Christ was not thought to be something way out there, but something that could happen literally any moment. Just as a footnote here, if you want to go deeper into Romans, Phil is leading the Thursday morning Bible study, and that is the book that is being read right now. You can participate on Zoom or in person, but, but check that out if you have an interest in going deeper. In the Gospel reading from Matthew today, Jesus also stretched, stresses that sense of urgency. Jesus says, but about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. So there is an urgency in both of these readings, an urgency that perhaps we may not feel quite as acutely in this age, 2,000 years later. And yet the urgency of these readings, and especially our epistle message today, perhaps has never been greater. You know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. Paul continues, let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. These statements seem very direct in some ways. Yet I found for me to understand what Paul was talking about when he tells us to wake up. Came in the lines immediately preceding our reading today. Paul writes, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So when we digest these words that follow, it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. We know clearly it has to do with our need to love one another. We all have our patterns of allowing ourselves to be asleep, even in the midst of our waking lives, our relationships, even our relationship with God. And sometimes that tendency to be asleep is so habitual that we are not even aware of it. In Phil's sermon last week, he talked about our call to forgive, but not to forget. That frequently we tie these two together, but that Jesus' message was one of forgiveness, not of forgetting. And when I heard his words in that moment, a relationship in my life immediately came to mind. A person once very close to me had done and said some very hurtful things quite a long time ago, and I'd felt betrayed and continually wary. I had not found myself 
able or even wanting to forget. But in those moments last Sunday, listening to Phil's words, I was aware that I had also not forgiven. I had not forgiven because I'd entangled forgiving and forgetting. And sitting in this very place, I was so aware that I could forgive, that I could see that other person in their fullness. I could imagine what maybe some of their motives had been, what had driven them, what woundedness had been part of their action. And I could find myself seeing them and forgiving them, just in that moment forgiving them. I can only credit God's grace with that. But that forgiveness only happens when we are willing to wake up. I had to see my stuckness, and I had to let loose of my attachment to the old grievance, to be able to move to a different place. Maybe some of you have relationships that are troubling. If we're ever going to encounter them, it can be over the holidays. Maybe some of us have situations that just, we're just stuck. We just don't know where to go. And I think in those situations, we can become something akin to sleepwalking. We just go through it, we just show up, but we're not awake. Sometimes we need to recognize our own sleepfulness to wake up to the opportunity to love. In downtown Bible study this past week, one participant spoke of a feeling of deep loneliness that had been very unfamiliar to them They'd had a lifelong practice of attending church, of prayer, but they found themselves lonely, feeling isolated. Many of us have felt those moments. They're very uncomfortable. I can remember receiving a scary diagnosis many, many years ago and literally curling up in a fetal position. And then there was some moment that nudged me out of that fetal position, that some remembrance may be nudged by the Holy Spirit that God was with me, even in this dark moment, even in this scary time, God was present. God's love, God's unrelenting love was available if I could just loosen up, just open to that right now. Now is the moment for you to wake from sleep, I found myself reflecting on how the term woke is frequently heard in political and cultural discourse today. I found myself looking it up at the dictionary and Webster had a full page of definitions online because it is used in different ways. Sometimes it's a positive descriptor of someone aware of and seeking to respond to injustice in our culture. Sometimes it's used as a challenging descriptor of someone who expresses woke views but does not follow through with action. And sometimes woke is used with harsh judgment against individuals and systems who challenge old systems and values. Yet being awake 
is inherent in our baptismal vows. It is inherent. Shortly, we will be asked, will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? And we will respond, I will with God's help. We couldn't do it otherwise, but we can with God's help. This morning, in a few minutes, we will have the joy of baptizing Ava Noel Schultnick. When we look into this little one's eyes this morning, we can see the light of Christ, the light of love. When we witness the parents, godparents, grandparents, and other family and friends looking on, we see wakeful love for this little one and love for each other. And we are blessed to be a community of love and support surrounding all. God's love is so palpable at these times. Immediately following the baptism, Phil, as celebrant, will pray, sustain her, O Lord, in your Holy Spirit. Give her an inquiring and discerning heart, the courage to will and to persevere, a spirit to know and to love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. We might translate this to, other than nap time and bedtime, we are praying to God to keep her awake. Keep her awake, wake from sleep, inquire, discern, will, persevere, know and love God. Appreciate the, with joy and wonder all of creation. Be awake, don't fall asleep. And isn't that a message we all need to hear? every day that we need to hear. So on this first Sunday of Advent, we enter this beautiful season of waiting, of expectancy, of anticipation of something new, awaiting the birth of Christ. So let us be watchful, awake, and present to what comes. What calls to be awakened in each of us? What do we need to wake up to as we walk the path of love? Let's stay awake and see. Amen. <laughs>